Resonant Truth presents Natural Time, Mayan Astrology for a Modern Age. I'm Lisa Starr. I was raised in the faith of the Mayan sacred calendars. These ancient cycles have been resurrected for a modern audience and called Natural Time, in part because our year of uneven month lengths is, by comparison, really unnatural. I am not here to lead any kind of revolt against the Gregorian calendar, but I do want to bring the Mayan alternative to light and want you to know about Mayan astrology, where the passage of time and your birthday within it has deep mystical and magical significance according to indigenous spirituality. I am passionate, I am transparent, and I am emotionally available, if not volatile. And that's because I'm a blue overtone storm. You can find out what you are at Resonant Truth. Today on the Zolkin Count is called Yellow Rhythmic Human, and it is the sixth day of the Blue Hand Wave Spell. And it is the Crystal Moon Day 21. It's only a week to go in the Crystal Moon. And then we're just staring down this year towards the new year on July 26. So we'll have one moon to go after this week is completed. And the crystal moon is probably not like super eventful because things are resolving and coming towards stillness after a whole year's arc of activity. But there's all of this sort of looking backward and noticing the story of the year that has been for yourself and maybe hearing about other people's life experiences of their year. And I wonder if that's interesting, just the kind of consensus of what the story has been shared and other words that we use are like cooperative and universal stories. Like cooperative means like how have we been synchronized to have wave spell experiences over the year that were individual but part of some kind of collective, connective um, movement. And all for this answer for myself at the outset, um, it's the third year of 13. The first year was the beginning of the pandemic second year was the adjustment to the pandemic and then this third year has been kind of like the voyage out of the pandemic I upended my life to a degree by moving and everyone knows that part of my story I also turned 52 in the blue lunar storm year and that is an epic moment of rebirth for every one of us couldn't be a more consciously important day of your life in the in the Mayan code meaning like if we follow this calendar there's no way you were conscious enough when you were born to reflect on it but when you're 52 and the astrology is identical to your birth you can reflect a lot and so it's super momentous and leading up to it and leading away from it are also you know like the pebble that drops in the pond there are all these radiating circles so that's going to be true for you when you get there, or you can reflect back to when you were there, what happened when you were 52. In any case, this is all part of my recent history, and I was just kind of uh, 
you know, thinking about getting into podcast mode. And part of what I wanted to say is that when I left Santa Barbara, where I've lived for, I did live for 13 years, I left in part because I knew I was in a bubble of safety and security and kind of like a bubble of detachment from life's challenges because it's a very sacred place and a very vacation-y place. It's where a lot of people from LA go to get away and and it just has an energy frequency in the topography there of gentleness and like there's a kind of maternal surround and you feel held in there and you can feel very childlike. So that really was what impelled me to go. I had this ethos that we, I couldn't stay in that childlike state anymore. I had to kind of deal with things that were more penetrated by reality. And that's what I want to say about my crystal moment after this last week in the West where a lot gets churned up um, and activated around the moon, around this crystal moon. It's just like, well, I'm not as happy in many ways, and I'm certainly not as relaxed. I am so much more wound up than when I lived in Santa Barbara, but I was making the inquiry of, you know, what what is outside the bubble? What is outside this like childlike state that I've been lucky to be in and I've healed in? And now I know, <laughs> I know what's outside the bubble and it's not pretty. And that integration and acceptance that I left, you know, I left a cloistered place where I probably had less demand on my conscience and uh, intellect, you know, I just wasn't as pushed to confront the existential state that we're in, even though it was creeping in and even though I did confront it. So I know that when I am talking about the Zolkin and the 13 moon cycles that I bring a lot of my existential reflection and you may not have as much because of where you're geographically located or because of your age or because of your practices that lead you toward or away from anxiety. So uh, here in the crystal moon, we would, if we were like live action and hanging out together, we would kind of find this natural consensus like, okay, I come at this with more intellectual angst and also lately um, hopelessness. Is that cooperative and universal or is it just my iteration of something that is shared but maybe I have like this sort of specific anguish and yours is different uh, you know it's all connected by like threads but there's different nuances obviously that's always true I think the other thing I just want to say in this context is that if I reflect back on the year to date and my behavior lately in the resolution moment, which I have said, you know, this resolves like the plot arc of a drama and we're resolving in the crystal time in comedy or tragedy or, you know, part of our life is a comedy and we're laughing at the end here and part of our life is a tragedy and we're weeping or mournful or 
um, in deep loss. And what I noticed for myself is that I feel very permanently changed by something that happened this year, and that was the invasion of Ukraine, which I guess was only 60 days ago. But it feels like it was, you know, twice that long, but I just can't handle it. It was the thing that broke me in terms of like, okay, I want to be a vigilant world citizen and pay attention and be able to be informed so that I can help with causes I believe in, at least by being awake. And I just couldn't take it anymore. And the war in Ukraine now is a war of attrition, and it's also like a field of slaughter. And I can't, I can't handle that that's happening on the planet, even though it's been happening all over the planet with different cultures and countries I don't know about for eternity this one just happened to be the one that um, disabled me from being engaged with world awareness so those are a couple of my stories my outcomes for the crystal time that's winding down and then we launch into the cosmic tone for 28 days where I don't think it's painless at all Meaning, you know, it's not like, oh, and we just like get cast adrift for 28 days and we float into the new uh, year on July 26th. But I do think that when things are cosmic, when our surround energy field is cosmic, it gives us like the, the luxury of connecting with the entire cosmos and not just this planetary existence you know, that were really infused and it's emphasized that we would have uh, kind of a spatial awareness of and interaction with the cosmos, whatever that is, like you'll find out in the cosmic time. But being one with it, uh, it ends up being a, both trippy and peaceful and interesting uh, passage that starts a week from tomorrow in terms of the blue hand wave spell I have mixed feelings and interpretations um, what I don't like about it is that I am learning no I know all the things I've just said I'm coming into deep awareness I know things that I have been able to not really understand about, you know, the last year or my life experience. It's becoming kind of crystallized in awareness, awakening, knowledge. The mind clicks in and and can interpret the signs. Uh, and also, I just may have said this last time, but this my empathy impression <laughs> is that mercury is always retrograde i mean that that's the feeling state of the new paradigm here the paradigm of breakage the paradigm of disrepair um, that it's just always like that kind of scratchy um non-fluid engagement with mechanisms more mechanisms than communication but I guess I'm overly invested in mechanisms and 
when they falter, I'm just like, this feels exactly like retrograde. It's just got the same kind of, there's like an anthropomorphized aspect of it where you're like, you know, it feels like there's a personality behind this um, combustion when things don't work. Like, no, it feels like there's some kind of uh, investment from, I won't say an evil place, but another place where, you know, like someone has the controls and they're all, ha ha, that's funny, look, what if that didn't work right now? So I'm all about like, okay, it's Mercury retrograde all the time. I kind of know how to live there, but uh, it isn't easy. So I don't know where that came from, but it's connected to astrology. It might be like, okay, there's my blue hand, aha. Are you having blue hand knowing where you know things? Are you having that? God, it's the power of knowing and accomplishment. I, it's hard to see how much accomplishment is happening right now. Maybe that's to come. We're only in the sixth day, but that's not been the emphasis of my blue hand time. I feel rather that I can't really accomplish anything much <laughs> so you might have a, a really different version of that I think that's where my retrograde comment came from it's just like well it's the blue hand wave spell I would expect that things are really dynamic in terms of moving towards accomplishment but I feel really thwarted in ways that weren't happening even in another wave spell um We'll see. You know, I, I pitched at the outset, like, oh, it's the wave spell of Trump, and I don't have to get into a big, like, commentary on Trump right now. But uh, if, you know, we're living in kind of the footprint of that personage, he has a lot of influence, he has a lot of power. So it's not bad to glance through this time as a piece of um, understanding where we are culturally, historically, through you know, being in his wave spell. But I would say um, it's not great. You know, if, if that's the implication, then it's, it's not that great. It's not very fun. Been, I haven't been having a lot of fun, and I don't feel very safe. All right, well, I'm going to stop talking about myself. A couple other things that I want to put out there just in circling around you know I talked about Russia and Ukraine and I do try to pay attention to what's happening over there I just don't get very far but this is the wave spell that supports Putin and don't forget if you care that Putin and Trump are analogs they support each other one is a yellow human that's Putin and one is a blue hand Trump and um, so this time this blue hand time of 13 days is supportive to the person who's orchestrating the war from the Russian perspective and you know that's what I'm reading you know, they're they're successful right now um, and then the last thing is that it's 40 days until Putin has his Mayan birthday and I think that's just and I talked a lot about 40 days last podcast we were counting down 40 days to the new year which will be a red moon year but <clears throat> just 
for any of us, the 40 days leading up to our Mayan birthday is definitely going to be um, an intense passage, you know, sort of apocryphal as we return home to ourselves and deal with anything in the way of that. So I guess I'm hoping from the outside that as Putin has to come home to himself uh, and be reborn, you know, it would be really shocking. Again, I'm dealing with hopelessness, but it would shock me if his rebirth meant some kind of triumph in this, you know, torture chamber he's inflicting on the globe. Like if he had a win because it was the Mayan birthday, that would be trippy for me to understand. But what feels more real is that as people go home to themselves and become reborn, they have to slough off some of the things that have gotten them in the way of them being authentic. So I'm rather hoping that it's a reckoning and that uh, in order for him to be vulnerable, he has to be broken a bit by that reckoning. All right, enough, enough about the big picture. The biggest picture, although come on, it's the crystal moon and it's the time of resolution. And one of the big things that changed our the shape of our even our daily lives was this war because uh, so much of the escalated inflation and um, the global tension was just sacrificed to this man's impulses. Okay, so uh, what I'd like to do is um, kind of jump back from Blue Hand, which is hard to talk about. And it is a pretty strong intellectual place versus a heart place or a pelvis place. Like it's up in our heads and our hands. Our hands become extensions or they empower our mind because they're kind of like the um, antenna for us, you know, feeling things that are far away from where our mind can calculate and assess. And so, you know, one is out there seeking the information tactily and the other is processing the information intellectually or in the brain. So what I want to do is just remind everyone of the antipode energy, which is helpful when this, when a wave spell or a day, a day when we pass through one day of each uh, tribe, feels like, okay, I'm not um, enjoying where this is taking me. Like I'm not comfortable being fully, fully in the seat of the blue hand experience. Uh, Then you can reach for the antipode and, you know, you can know what the antipode partners are. The very first piece, the reminder is that they're always formed from the opposite finger or toe. Every tribe is counted on a finger or toe. That is why there are 20 tribes and the antipode is just simply the opposite finger or toe. So they match really beautifully like our pinky toes. They look very similar, but they are opposite each other. And so um, the other thing is that they are always 10 days apart uh, when we move through the, the calendar our antipode comes 10 days after 
our own Mayan birthday tribe, uh, the tribe that starts a wave spell 10 days later will be the, the antipode of the wave spell, and it's always on the 11th day. So it's always the spectral day, and it's always the tribe that liberates us. You know, after we have reached our peak in a wave spell, the way we're liberated, the way we fall back to earth, the way we are unburdened of any kind of egotistic grasp, you know, trying to hold on to something permanently, when that's undone and surrendered, always in the spectral tone of a wave spell, we will be in the antipode of the wave spells tribe. And so there's a lot of poetry in the relationship of a tribe and its antipode. Again, it's the opposite finger or toe, so it's sort of like opposing, the opposing digit, but it looks more like the antipode and the original tribe look more like each other than any other digit, the pinky toes, the middle fingers. This this opposition match actually selects two very similar uh, fingers or toes, i.e. the tribes have something um, connective about them. And then the other poetry piece is just that, you know, a wave spell is always liberated on its antipodal day. So we can anticipate red earth even though it's five days away. Red earth is the antipode of blue hand. And I'm just walking us through this because it's a great exercise for me who's not comfortable right now. I'm kind of panicked. I don't like, um, I mean, basically, I think in a very simplistic way, I don't like being in Donald Trump's wave spell. I have like bad, bad memories of that man. And I feel like he destabilized everything for forever. Um, so to get out from under that, I could just try to figure out what is about red earth that would be helpful. So really the basic thing about red earth is just that it's earth. It's not in our mind, you know, it's not uh, in the upper chakras at all. The earth is below our feet, and if it's anything, it's connected to where we touch the ground on our feet, on our asses when we sit on it. So it's going to be low chakra. Yeah, you can lie on it too, and then you get even more red earth. So the other um, kind of logical thing is just to do something with or in the earth, uh, whether it's getting your hands in it because you're working with the earth directly or walking on it and hiking trails. Uh, you can travel the earth the way people always want to in red earth time through like gliding on in your car on a little road trip or getting on an airplane and going somewhere. That's a huge piece of red earth is the um, appetite for travel, for f floating away from where you're usually pinned and being in motion, being ambulant. It reminds me that I did t sort of get oriented on this yellow rhythmic human day to go hiking in the woods and I 
I'm just in such a sort of strange, removed um, place that I have a hard time like going, I am in the redwoods and it's wonderful. I love these redwoods, which is generally where I would respond. But at the very minimum, at least I was walking along those paths where the earth is um, most auspicious. It's just a really good balance to um, working with your hands, thinking a lot, just those um, ways of being where you actually can't do much with your hands. And maybe you can think, but the thoughts end up having like a, a flow to them. I always think that's the difference when you're driving or traveling, that your thoughts are also moving through you. And often when you stay in one place, your thoughts get really circular and insular as well. So then the other parts of red earth that are a little more disguised by within the Mayan astrology, but disguised from our logical deduction of what red earth represents is to look at the hieroglyph. I always try to stay true to the hieroglyph and not get too far afield. The hieroglyph, uh, it doesn't get talked enough about with red earth. It is the picture of seismic activity. It is um, the description of the earth as a place that's volatile and volcanic and where earthquakes, you know, can shudder and, and create um, the most impressive drama. Maybe that indigenous culture, you know, relies on nature for the most impressive special effects. And so the hieroglyph uh, has this like, you know, zigzag running down it. And that has been described to me as part of what we would experience as like the, the tremor that comes from, yes, the earth shaking and quaking, but also how we ceremonialize in um, rituals where we beat drums, where people are dancing. And, you know, of course, there's traditional ancient uh, renditions of ceremony that we all recognize that are exactly what I described. It's drums, it's dancing. But, you know, we still do this in <laughs> everyday modern society. We just do it differently, but we still have drum beats that are our version of creating seismic activity for ourselves and we still dance, etc. So that's like a really simplified way of saying, yeah, during Red Earth you could dance and listen to drum beats, but you could tilt yourself towards a ceremony of a kind. And I, and I have to say that's what got me to do this podcast tonight. Um, even though I'm trying to maintain a schedule, it is the ritual that I needed because I'm floating away in my thoughts and my ritual is to uh, make a podcast on Sunday nights. And so this ends up being a red earth kind of counterbalance. And then the, the last thing is the word synchronicity, which is specifically tagged to Red Earth by Jose Aguales. And he did it for his own reasons and machinations that I don't always have a, like an exact translation for or interpretation. But I do want to say that when we're in blue hand, and it is a lot of like mental activity that is confirmed by tactile sensation, 
what interrupts that almost kind of obsessive, like it's in my mind, but I'm checking my hand, it's in my hand, I'm checking that back to my mind, like that is kind of an obsessive loop. Uh, synchronicity to me is um, the insertion of divinity in everyday actions, activities, events, so that we're reminded that it doesn't require a big ritualistic moment to find God or feel God. That magic, which is my maybe like nameless way of talking about divinity, but the feeling of magic, the recognition of magic, that trumps, as it were, intellectualism, is also featured by Red Earth. And so really necessary right now, you know, let's call, call it in. It's antipode to Red Earth right now, so synchronicity is at a remove. This is Red Earth's opposite time. If you're a Red Earth person, it's opposite your time. You're out of your comfort zone. We're all at a far remove from what Red Earth represents and offers. And that's why I, you know, offer that you chase it. If you're uncomfortable, chase the antipode and get the balance that that will give you. But meanwhile, yeah, we're suffering from a lack of synchronicity running through our days. Although I had an epic synchronistic dream and I can't even get into the story. I don't want to tell the story of dreams. I don't believe that dreams are interesting to other people. Um, but my dream was so massively synchronistic. It was on Blue Overtone Monkey, you know, the morning of. And I told you all that I was the guide on Saturday. Blue Overtone Storm Guides Blue Overtone Monkey. If I ever meet Oprah, who's a Blue Overtone Monkey, she will listen to me. But it's just one day. We all get one. Some of us do, at least most of us. And mine was Saturday. And my dream, uh, I don't know, it was just massive. And something super important happened that day that I cannot disclose. But it was very steep, deep synchronicity. And again, if we can have the antipode experience in a wave spell, I think that is the biggest gift. I am Lisa Starr, I am another yourself, and in my end we say, in my fish.